Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of the Lord. You guys can grab a seat. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Open our eyes this morning that we would see amazing things from your word. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So good morning, Hill City Church. It's spring break, as you can tell as you look around. Uh, We're happy about that. My name's Brad. I'm the lead teaching pastor here at Hill City Church. It is spring break, and just right out of the gate, happy spring break. I know we have a ton of of people traveling, college students are gone, and I know there'll be a lot of people that'll be listening to this, so if those of you listening, those of you who are traveling, we love you, we hope you have an incredible week, we're going to do our best to have an incredible week back here. Um, So, here we are. Um, We are back in Mark. We took a break last week. Obviously, it was our first week here. We needed to celebrate, but in January, we started in the Gospel of Mark. We're picking back up there today. So, just by way of review, Mark, like as he's writing this gospel, he's a guy that gets straight to the point, right? We have some blue-collar Greek. He, he, do, he doesn't waste a lot of words. He gets right, uh, right to it. We, we saw that the word immediately was used over 40 times in this gospel. And we learned that it, Mark, Mark is telling us, hey, Jesus, because that's who this is about. Jesus is going somewhere, and he's going there immediately. And where is he going? He is headed to Calvary. He's going to the cross. So we, we, we pick up here in Mark chapter 4. Now those, for all the church kids in the room, and if you're not a church kid, it's okay. Sometimes you might be a little better off, right? So you don't have like these preconceived ideas and notions of what should be taught. But, but those of us who are familiar with this passage, maybe even just marginally familiar with the story, likely you're expecting me to talk about the storms of life. Like maybe you're thinking like, man, this is, this is how you, you teach us, like, man, that, that, that Jesus is able to calm all those storms in your life, and here's the reality. Oh, that preach is so good. 
Like, I, we could float out of here on that today. Like, oh, whatever you're going through, Jesus comes along and he makes it okay. And you could be going out of here and be like, yes. And, and listen, that would actually put more booties in the seats. We can't do that here. So, hermeneutics, right? It's a fancy word for like, how do you study the Bible? How do you interpret Scripture? How to interpret Scripture? And, that, and, and we teach that here. Uh, Dr. Danny McNamara is a stud. He leads all of our discipleship, and, and he actually teaches the hermeneutics class. And in his class, he would bring up this uh, idea of, of an apostolic round table. Well, that's another fancy word too, but just think of it like this. Think about being at a table with all the people that maybe, or, or a few that, that wrote much of the Bible. And he talks about, man, I would just love to sit around a table with a microphone and we pass the microphone back and forth and, and Jesus is there and he's, he's, he's walking around the table and you're talking about, hey, what, what was it that you were trying to do when you, when you were writing this and give him the microphone? And I have to think this morning that, that, that as Mark here has the microphone in his face, we say, now Mark, why did you, why did you put this story of of the seas being calmed in your, in your gospel narrative. Side note, one of Danny's students had heard him teach about this a lot, so she just drew this. Um, she needs to, like, publish it because this should be on some walls somewhere, okay? Especially of, of Bible teachers. Um, but let's, Mark, Mark, why? Why did you... Why'd you write this? Here's what I don't think. Here's what I do not think Mark would say. We, we give him the microphone. I don't think he would say, you know, likely, I just, primarily, here's what I thought. I just knew that folks would, would have these metaphorical storms of life. I just thought writing this might be an encouragement to them. Okay, I don't think that that is what Mark would say. So then why? 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 Did Mark include this? And I think the answer is in the questions that were stated throughout this short passage. And I just want to put three of them on the front of your mind, and we're going to sort of talk through those. The first question, the disciples are scared to death, and they say, teacher, they go to Jesus, Jesus, do you not care that, that we're perishing? Jesus asks them a question. And it's two questions, but they go together. You can't separate them. He says, why, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And then the final question asked by the disciples is, in awe, who is this? Who then is this that the sea and the wind do exactly what he says to do? I think in these questions we can see why it was that Mark put this in his narrative. So on that day when evening had come, well, let's, we, we must remind ourselves what had been going on all day long. Well, uh, Mark chapter 4 verse 1 tells us Jesus begins to teach beside the sea and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and he sat in it on the sea and, and he was teaching the crowds. So remember, Jesus just thousands and thousands of people. He is so famous by now. So he's trying to teach, but, but the crowds are just around him. They're pressing on him so much. He gets into a boat. He's on the sea, and he's teaching this 
massive group of people. And it wasn't a 40-minute sermon. He's teaching all day long. What a day. He would have definitely, definitely been tired. On that day when Eden had come, he said, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with him in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Now, the, the disciples had seen Jesus. They had seen him perform miracles. They, they had an idea, man, this guy is different. But it still didn't register who he was. Because if Jesus said, we're going to the other side, here's what I promise you. They were going to get to the other side. Because Jesus said, we're going to the other side. With me? So, so, so just think of the storm. Had the boat been overtaken, went to the bottom of the sea, all of them drowned, let me promise you what would have happened. They would have ended up on the other side. I don't know how, but that's what would have happened. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. Now let's, let, let, let's stay in the boat just for a minute. This isn't like... Brad and, and Sean and Ray jump, just jumping into a boat with Jesus. Can we get a ride? Okay, you're talking about experienced fishermen in a boat. They knew this sea like the back of their hand. They had done this before a lot. And here they are in this boat. There was no warning of a storm. They had no weather channel app. Well, Jesus, is this a great idea? No, they got in the boat, they went, and suddenly, boom! Storm. And not just like heavy rains. We, listen, we've been in these storms before, right? Where, where like your trash can just goes flying down your driveway and nobody's pushing it type. Like it's just, we've, we've seen these before. This was even worse than that. A great windstorm arose and they were scared to death. Listen, I feel these guys. I feel them. Most of you have never traveled with me and specifically air travel, Okay. I'm not good at it. And, and I'm minding my own business. And I'm like, I'm trying to just, okay, just get us on the ground. We're in the air. Get us on the ground. I have some fear and faith issues, okay? We'll talk about them later. And then turbulence. And I mean, I go into absolute freak-out mode. And I'm just like gripping seats. I'm sitting there, and then nice ladies come by, and they're like, do you want peanuts? I'm like, don't talk to me because I'm freaked out, and I'm scared. I hate flying. I hate traveling. Listen, this way worse than turbulence. But I get their fear. I want you to be on the boat. I want you to understand how scared they are. Their, their lives are in danger. But he, Jesus, was in the stern asleep on a cushion. Jesus wasn't scared. Jesus wasn't surprised. Jesus wasn't nervous. Jesus was asleep. And brought, brought, to, brought to my mind was, was Psalm 3, 5, where the psalmist writes, I lay down and slept, and I woke again, for the Lord sustained me. This was the mindset of our king. In this terrible storm, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Imagine these guys. They're waking Jesus up. It's this right here. We are going to die. 
We're going to die, and you don't even care. Think of that question. Do you not care that we are perishing? I want you to take that question and you put it in your back pocket. We will come back to this. And then in verse 39, Jesus does what only God can do. Jesus does something, like this is a man, 100% man, and he does something that only God can do. Why? Because he's also 100% God. He's 100% man, he's 100% God. And you need to understand what Jesus does here and what Jesus doesn't do here. He awoke and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. We've all been to Table Rock Lake in the morning and you wake up and you see it and it's like, is this real? That looks just like a big piece of glass. And it, listen, this sea went from about to kill him to that. A great calm, the Bible says. What did, what did Jesus not do in this moment? You notice Jesus, Jesus did not get on his knees and say, oh, God and Father, please calm this storm. Now that's really big deal. He didn't have to. He spoke. Quiet. That's, what, that's really what it was. He, he looks at the sea. He looks at the storm. Quiet. And the wind and the sea obeyed him. Instantly. Not like gradually. Instantly, nature obeyed him. How? How did this happen? They heard his voice and they instantly obeyed him because they recognized his voice. They have heard that voice before. This was God talking. John chapter 1. I'm going to turn there. I read this. I think I read this last week. I get my weeks blurry. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Uh, John's talking about Jesus here. Jesus was the Word. He was the one that spoke. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made, including the sea. The sea wasn't there unless he made it. That's what John tells us. Then, okay, listen, go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. And, and, and the whole account in chapter 1. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. And God said, so, so just verse 9 and 10. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And listen, it didn't take God a lot of words to create the sea or to separate it. He just said, exist, be, and they listened. The seas listen in Genesis. And here we are in Mark, and you have the sea who recognized the voice that told them, 
told the sea, the very sea too, exist. We sing a song here called authority. Authority, it's a, it's a big word for us. Authority is the song we sing. Creation knows the voice that spoke into void. The breath that brought the dust to life and sang the stars to form. We're singing scripture. The sea obeyed. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now this is bizarre. Here they are in a storm. They're about to die. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus calms the storm and it did not calm their fears. They were more afraid after Jesus calmed the storm than they were during the storm. It's Sproul who says, in the power of Christ, they met something more frightening than they had ever met in nature. Jesus rebukes the wind and he asks them a profound question. Have you still no faith? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? See, fear is almost always a faith issue. We'll come back to this. But I want to get to the last question before we tackle the other two. When the disciples say, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's arguably the most important question that you will ever ask in your life. Who is this? And how you answer that, what you think about that question is actually the most important thing that you will ever think. So let's tackle two questions at one time. Let's go back to our back pocket. There was a question that they asked prior to this one. So they asked, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They asked that question before they said, who is this? So, so just really quickly, don't raise your hand. Have any of you ever been spoken to cruelly by someone who loves you? Parents in the room, maybe, maybe your kids have spoken to you cruelly. Maybe it's a spouse that has spoken to you in a cruel way. I want you to know this morning, Jesus knows how you feel. And I just want you to know this morning, too, I'll just tell you this. For me, I've spoken to people cruelly. It's kind of like can be my default mode, especially in times of fear. I can do it sometimes unintentionally, and sometimes I can just speak cruelly, intentionally. I'm not sure the heart of the disciples right here, but listen, this question, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Jesus, do you not care that we are going to die? For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Luke chapter 19, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And maybe the most popular verse of all time, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not 
perish. Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? The reason he was on the planet was because he cared so much. That's why he was in the boat is because he cared so much that people were going to die. They didn't realize that in the boat with them was the one who cared more for them than anyone had ever cared for them before. And they didn't realize it. And they asked one of the, listen, that had to just cut to the heart of our king. Do you not care, Jesus? And Jesus is like, I'm here because I care like you could never imagine. Who then is this that cares so much for me? Who, who is this that cares so much for you? Who then is this that the wind and the sea obey him? Just eye contact with me. I wish I could do it all individually. Who do you say that Jesus is? Do you recognize how much he cares for you? So the reason Mark wrote this passage, the reason that he wrote the whole account of Jesus, and and I've said this before, but I want to say this again. Mark did not write the gospel of Mark because he discovered someone that he found to be very interesting, that he found this fascinating man. And and man, I I just would, I'm going to write this because I hope that you would find him interesting and fascinating as well. That is not why Mark wrote this He wrote this so that we would ask the same question that the disciples asked. He wants everyone to read his account and know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He wrote this that we would know Jesus. He's sovereign, reigning, king of everything. He has all authority. He has it over nature. He has it over the demonic. He has authority over disease. He has authority over death. That's why Mark wrote this. Do you know who it is that Jesus is? So let's get practical. So our reality is we we, we never have to be filled with great fear. Like we know how how the story ends, so, so we don't have to be filled with fear. We can come to Jesus. This is very important. He is our king. Amen, Hill City. Okay, so so let's really practical here. While he is our king, he is not our nanny. He is he is not our genie. So, Brad, what are you talking about? Maybe it's just me. I can stay distant from him. Until trouble comes. Just me? Like, 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 I, I, I can tend to forget who Jesus is and, and what he is and his authority and his power. And then all of a sudden, oh, junk hits the fan. You know what I mean? 
And now I'm looking for Jesus. So let's talk about some storms. Let's talk about some Hill City storms. Maybe there's trouble of, maybe there's marriage trouble in the room. Not maybe, there's marriage trouble in the room. So, so, so if you're visiting here, like we don't pretend that that doesn't exist in marriages. And I hope that if you've been here long enough and you're still pretending, I hope that's very uncomfortable for you. That will not help anyone. There's marriage troubles here. Jenny and I have some marriage troubles at times. Are you with me? Like let's be vulnerable enough to just talk about that. But the, the, those are some storms here. Maybe, okay, listen, we're a young church. There's some loneliness. Like there are some single people here. They, they want to be married. They want a spouse. They want a significant other. And it's like, man, that is the thing going on in their world. There are a lot of young married people here, and they would desire nothing more than, than to be parents. And there's this storm of, of not, being, not being able to, maybe, maybe it's like, man, we're just trying to get pregnant. We can't get pregnant. Or maybe it's like, man, we've gotten pregnant, but there's been this miscarriage. And these are, these are some realities of Hill City Church. And, and listen, this is, what I'm getting at is, is Jesus not being a nanny, Jesus not being a genie. Like, I've seen some of these stories, and I've seen Jesus come in and speak quiet. Peace be still. And I've seen marriages be restored. I've seen lonely people and, and, and single people find a spouse. I've watched them do the whole dating thing, then they get married, and there's a marriage, and it's awesome. I've seen people who went through, through, through miscarriages and, and, and not able to be pregnant, and, and they, they don't even, it's not that they just have one kid, they have like two or three. But my fear is that that happens. And there's no worshipful reflection. Who is this that this marriage would obey him? Who is this that opens and closes the womb? Just kind of go on with our lives. And listen, I'm not saying that to shame anyone in the room. What I'm saying, if that's you this morning... Just confess that, repent, run to Jesus, some worshipful reflection about who he is. But maybe we get more practical and we talk about when the storm isn't calmed. See, I can't stand up here, I can't be like, Jesus will calm your storms, turn to him. Your marriage will be healed. Turn to him and you will have a baby. Turn to, turn to him and you will find a spouse. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. What happens? What happens in a marriage when, when you prayed and prayed and you just want Jesus to, to heal this marriage, but, but the spouse is still disengaged or maybe even worse, the spouse just leaves and abandons you. What happens then? What happens when you spend yet another year alone? What happens when you've done everything you can do and you're still not pregnant? What happens when you're sick and the, you pray that the sickness or the disease would go away and it doesn't? What happens then? Do you still know who Jesus is? 
do you still put your faith in him? Because listen, what is faith in Jesus, okay? Listen, because here's what it might not be. It's not believing that he will solve all of your problems. But, it's, but, but, but maybe when we talk about faith in Jesus, what we're talking about more is we're trusting that God is with you through those problems. That's faith. He knows what you're going through. He's not surprised. He's not caught off guard. And here's the reality. He's actually providing in ways that you can't even see. Do you trust him? Now let me encourage you this morning. Because here's something I can guarantee you. If you're following Jesus, if you've passed from death to life, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, if he's your Lord, if he is your king, all of these life storms, every single one of them, they will eventually be calmed. But it may not happen on this side of glory. Listen, when someone has a disease and it costs them their life, but they believe in Jesus, they take their last breath here and they wake up never to be touched by a disease ever again. Someone can live their whole life lonely and they take their last breath and they were, they were just lonely, but they faithfully follow Jesus. They wake up never to be lonely again all the days of their life. Their lives. Listen, I can guarantee you that will eventually happen. It just may not happen here. How is this possible? It's quite simple. Jesus made it possible. Yeah, I know, Brad, but how did Jesus make that possible? There was another storm. We got to talk about another storm. Jesus would endure the greatest, darkest, most violent storm that has ever existed on this planet. On the cross. And here's the thing about this storm. In this storm, he was awake for every agonizing second. And I don't want you to miss this because in this storm, he could have spoken a word and ended it and been right. He could have called for God. He could have called for anything he wanted to stop the pain. But he cared too much that we were perishing. He cared too much that we were going to die. So he endured this storm. And in enduring this storm, he ultimately conquered all other storms for you and me. The storms of sickness, the storms of disease, loneliness, addiction. Ultimately, and, and the greatest thing, the storm of sin and what it does on our lives. And the storm of death. He conquered this. Who is this? Who then is this? It's Jesus. He's our Savior. He's our King. And Mark wants you and I to know this morning that he is God. 
Who is this? It's Jesus. Does he not care? He cares more than you and I can ever imagine. So I want you to hear the kind voice of God, not a rebuking voice. I want you to hear a kind voice of God. And this final question, I'm going to ask the same thing Jesus did. Please hear the kind voice of Jesus Christ here. Have you still no faith? Listen, it's not Jesus going, come on idiots have some faith listen he's i've done it before i'll do it again i'm not going anywhere have you still no faith so father May we know that Jesus, the Son of God, has all authority. And then may we have the faith to believe that. May we have the faith to trust him. Thank you for your word. God, in this moment... I would pray that if there's anyone in this room who, who they've never had faith in the finished work of Jesus, that your spirit would invade their heart in this moment. They would pass from death to life. God, in this room, the most of, most of us in this room, we are following you. We believe in you. We know who you are. What, God, what I ask in this moment is by your spirit, would you increase our faith? So that we not be afraid to give our lives to you, to give our marriages to you, to give our kids to you, to give our time to you, to give our money to you. May we not be afraid. May we be people who would have faith. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? So it's now the time we're going to enter in a time of prayer. We're going to enter into a time of communion. So there are going to be some people. They'll be, they'll be up here, maybe some in the middle. There might be, there'll probably be some over on the sides if you'd rather go over there. It would be the honor of our day to just pray with you. To go to the king with you. The one who has all authority. And then there's this meal that we're going to participate in. Now, this is a meal that is for those of us who believe in Jesus. We, we've put our faith in Jesus Christ. And this meal is a rehearsal of the gospel where you'll see the bread torn, which represents his body that was broken for us in the greatest, most violent storm that ever took place on this planet. It will be dipped into, cup, into a cup representing the blood of Jesus Christ. I hope we get comfortable talking and singing about the blood of our king. Further representing the most violent storm that's ever taken place on this planet. Now let me explain how this is going to work. We're going to have two stations right here. I'm going to ask that the front half of the room will come down the middle aisles to these two stations, exit out the sides, and kind of come through that middle. Now the back, we're going to do something different this week. 
Let's, let's, let's go back. To, we're going to try something different. A lot of weeks, give us grace. We're just going to, so the back of the room, you're actually going to go backwards towards the brown doors. Your stations will be back there, and then you will come back this way. So we're going to do a little cloverleaf type of thing this week, okay? So let's give each other grace. Um, but let's make no mistake about this. This is we're coming to the table to recognize who is this that even the wind and the seas would obey him. Let's come to the table.